Welcome to She Can and She Will. My name is Marianne Brown, also known as the Country Mompreneur. I'm joined by my co-host, Deesa McAllister. We are moms, work-from-home experts, and queens at helping women take control of their lives. On this show, you will learn from us as well as other women who kick butt in their lives and want to help you do the same. So sit back and get ready for some fun. We are being joined today by Stephanie Toma, the founder of Holistic Ambition, and you are a life coach. We are very excited to talk to you today. Welcome. Um, Welcome aboard. We first want to just start by asking you a little bit to tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you to where you are today. Yes. Okay. Goodness. So, you know, we all start somewhere. I know that a lot of what I have come to devote myself to, a a lot of my successes have actually come from transmuting things that used to be pain points, things that used to actually feel really difficult. Yeah. Do you have, um, did you experience any of these? Like you've got some fear of public speaking courses and, um, did you ever experience some of this? Well, yeah. So, okay. So my, my first book, Confident Introvert is about networking. And I know that's, most people, I, I conducted a study in San Francisco years ago because I'm also a researcher, and it was something like over 70% of people really dread networking. And it was something that wasn't something that I loved, but you know, the more that you do it, the consistency, it there becomes dissonance. If you're doing something over and over again and you don't like it, you begin to actually like it. <laughs> so I, you know it's one of those things where there's power in repetition and um finding the bright side or the silver lining and you know from a public speaking lens this ties in with networking events i have a really vivid memory earlier on in my networking days where now it's integrated into my life like i'm always networking right now we're basically networking it's yep. just it's meeting people oh, yeah. right in the world yeah. that have careers or that want to have careers um but i was at this event and it was time. Everyone was going around the room. Maybe there were 50 people and you had to say your name and your, and your company name and what your position was, you know, pretty basic, pretty straightforward. Uh, but I remember being in my early twenties at that time and being in a room full of people who seemed more established and, you know, all of those things, that's where imposter syndrome can come in where, I mean, maybe some imposter syndrome, but also like, you know, realizing that no matter what stage you're at in your career, there's always more to learn. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I had this lump in my throat and I was just waiting. I was even counting down the people. Okay. 13 people went, what number am I like Mm -hmm. 41 and just kind of that anticipation building and mounting until, you know, I stood up and, and I said, at that time, I'm Stephanie Toma. I work in consumer relations at Somersault Snack Company. <laughs> that that was the hat that I was wearing back then. And then after the fact, when I was talking with people, I actually got feedback that I sounded confident. And what I found interesting about that was that I didn't really feel that way. <laughs> so, right. you know, so I, one of the ways that I help people is with um, not only coming across in a confident way, but having that be really embodied and feeling it. Because what good is it if people have this impression that feels a little bit misaligned. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's very true. I've always called myself an introvert that's forcing herself to be an extrovert. Cause I've gotten, I went into news radio. I was minoring in theater, all these things. I was an introvert and I, but I really didn't want to be. <laughs> so I did 
all of the things that forced myself to be around people, to talk publicly, just to force myself to be in that space. Well, and it's where you get your energy from. It's such a misconception that, you know, being an introvert means that you're not social. And if you're extrovert, then you are social. No, we're all social beings. It's just what can actually be empowering for those that do identify as more introverted is you're not reliant upon other people as your energy source. You're probably not going to be an energy vampire. If you've heard that term Mm -hmm. uh, where people are like, Oh, I need, I, I feel dead inside. I need to kind of, you know, be in the energy of other people to feel alive again. It's like, you don't need that, which can be a bonus in itself. But then the flip side of that is being really conscious of managing your energy when you're around others who may have that tendency. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, so let's switch gears really quick. Can you talk to us about the daily three, two, one, what that is and how that's useful? Yes. Okay. So the daily three, two, one, uh, that is a concept that is rooted in if you had one hour in your day to devote to a practice that can really um, help you feel centered in yourself, um, can really help alleviate anxiety over time and be a really solid either waking routine, uh, or I like to use this before going to bed. Uh, it's broken down into three parts. So you have the daily three, two, one. The three is 30 minutes of reading. The two is 20 minutes of journaling and the 10 is 10 minutes of meditation. So, you know, you have this, some people uh, like to either have structure or create structure for themselves. And this can really, especially I recommend having one tech free hour before bed. This can be really useful uh, for treating um, in bouts of insomnia. If you find that you're a little bit restless, um, go ahead and turn technology off and I love having a paperback book whenever possible. And, you know, the average person reads 19 minutes a day. So you're ahead of the curve if you're reading 30 mm-hmm. minutes a day. <laughs> and um, and then, so that's your input. That's where, you know, you're reading anything. It could be, you know, coursework if you're currently enrolled in some sort of course, or it could just be for fun. I mean, my version of fun is self-help <laughs> because it's, it's my life. I live, eat, breathe, all of it. And then... Uh, so that's the reading portion for 30 minutes. And then the journaling for 20 minutes is your output where you get to empty the contents of your mind, all of those thoughts that are ruminating and swirling around your head that maybe feel like they have nowhere to go. This is really an opportunity to be able to come into, let's say, the day or close your day, allowing yourself to feel heard by yourself. And to create a cohesive narrative, oftentimes the reason why there is rumination is because there is a questioning of, huh, how did that situation play out? Or what does that person think? What do I think? But to be able to put pen to paper and write out a cohesive story, even of your day or of an instance that has been on your mind can help put it to rest. And then the 10 minutes of meditation is really integration where, you know, I would say my favorite way to meditate is uh, eyes closed, you know, lighting a candle, no music or anything. But for those that feel restless, you can go on a walk and mindfully with your eyes open, you know, (laughs) watching every step and focusing on deep breathing. So how do you get through your day? Between work, your family, and all the in-betweens, who has the time to connect with others who face your similar struggles? Join us at our monthly Women Helping Women virtual networking sessions to make connections with other women who face your same struggles. Make new contacts, whether you are looking for business connections, accountability partners, or to build relationships. 
If you've never joined a virtual networking session, it's very laid back and we try to make it fun for all who attend. We ask you to share your name, what you do for a living, and what you're looking to get out of the session. We encourage people with like interest to share their contact info to connect once the session is over. This is a great opportunity to build bonds with new people who you never would have met in your day-to-day life. So whether you're looking to make professional connections or looking to find some new friends, sign up for our next session. Find more information at thecountrymompreneur.com. All right. That's awesome. So now the next level, what is the tech-free code of 111? Yes. Okay. So this is another concept from Confident Introvert, my book. So it, so the tech-free code of 111 is composed of one tech-free hour a day. You could use the daily 321 in that hour, one tech-free day per week, and one tech-free week per year. So uh, you know, to go on to the one day per week, you could decide to go out into nature. Even if you live in a somewhat of an urban jungle in San Francisco, there's Golden Gate Park and there are a multitude of parks pretty much every five to 10 blocks. You're going to see some right. sort of greenery. Even in Manhattan, there's Central Park. So, um, you know, maybe it's a body of water. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a man-made park, but hey, that'll do whatever, <laughs> whatever you can get out into. And, you know, if you can't do the full day, at least four dedicated hours to unplugging from tech and being in some element of nature for mental health purposes. In Japan, uh, there's this concept of forest bathing, and it's as common as taking a shower every day for people in Japan, where it's it's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're doing your daily forest bath of, of luxury <laughs> in the leaves and the winds and uh, and then, you know, one week per year, I know a lot of people are a little bit challenged by that, or at least the sound of it, right? Because that's mm-hmm. intense. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, an example that I, that I have done, which was actually 10 days of a Pasana meditation retreat, that's typically 10 days of silence where you're not moving, you're not exercising, you're not reading or writing, you're really just with yourself and other people, wow. <laughs> depending on uh, the type of Vipassana you do. Mm-hmm. Um but you can even do a DIY retreat. So, um, again, really intentionally being off social media and maybe what this looks like for you is engaging in maybe you want to draft some sort of a book, maybe poems, maybe you want to paint something. Uh, it's an opportunity to, you know, whether you're taking an entire dedicated week off, maybe, um, if you do have a little bit of work, you know, a way that you can integrate this in is, uh, you know, when you come home or if you're working from home, but you're already home, then very intentionally, uh, just wipe yourself clean of technology for as long as you can on any given day. Um, and, and I like to say that it's not 100% absolute. Well, it would be amazing if you're in a container like a Vipassana retreat where you can't even have a digital alarm clock. Like they're very right. strict about that stuff. Uh, but you know, in, in real life, maybe you need to use your maps app to get to nature. So, you know, there is some element of flexibility there in the tech free code of one, one, one. I sort of like, I like the one day a week. That would be great with our whole household. If my son stayed off of the gaming system and Mm -hmm. I also stayed off of my phone and out of work. And then we just have a day where we actually, everybody connects. That would be 
That would be a really good idea. That's going to be so hard for you, Marianne. You are always, always. I know. It's very, it's, it's very hard with everything on your phone nowadays to be not checking your emails and everything all of the time. Yeah. yeah. And you see, that's where it comes back to this intentionality. And, you know, it's so powerful, especially um, how old is your son? He is 13. Okay. So yeah, that's an age where they like to get into video games sometimes mm-hmm. and like retreat into app land these days. So, yeah. I mean, it can take some intentionality and maybe even some incentives, you know, for yourself and your family, <laughs> like yes. what's on the other side. And ideally it's not an incentive like, oh, then you get even more tech, but maybe <laughs> it's, yeah, there, there, I don't know. There could be something there to play with. And what I do, what I am lucky with is he is more of an outdoors kid. Although we do live up, we're way up in the snow country. So yeah, he'll go ride a snowmobile. Yes. So where are you? Where I'm in upstate New York. So we're like oh, winterland, cool. like right outside of Canada. <laughs> so we're, we're very snowy here right now, but he's an outdoors kid more than a game kid. But still, for us to both get disconnected at the same time, that's good time for us. Yeah, I think that would be really great. I um, was able to unplug last year, as you know, Marianne. Um, yes. But I got to unplug last year, and it was it it was very hard to come back at after a few weeks because I didn't want that like constant. I need, I need, you know, like I I I I see the value of stepping away from that, but. It is a different conversation when I'm putting my phone down than having the kids put their stuff down because it feels like a punishment. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that would be nice to have that as a family. Um, All right. So what is the sacred pause? The sacred pause. So actually, I'd love to tie this in with what you just brought up, which is tech being tech free or being Mm -hmm. present. or, you know, taking a pause from um, technology, feeling like a punishment sometimes, mm-hmm. especially for kids. Um, yeah, there was a point in time when I was mentoring a girl who was addicted to technology. So we were working on her social skills and, you know, that was such a huge theme. So, um, you know, the sacred pause, again, comes back to this idea of um, destigmatizing downtime. And not labeling it as, oh, this is so boring because I'm not entertained, you know, by a device or by, you know, a movie or by something, but, you know, really dropping into it and identifying it as something that you decide is sacred for yourself when you get it. And, you know, I'm sure, um, you know, different people listening at different life stages, uh, particularly moms, you know, those pauses are sacred <laughs> from, from what I hear from my friends who are moms. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious when it comes to a sacred pause. I mean, I could list examples, but I'm curious about what you each would consider a moment of in your day in an average day in the life as your personal sacred pause. My best, I'm a morning person. So I'm usually up by like 5 a.m. and I like the between 5 and 6 a.m. when there's no one else up mm-hmm. and I have that quiet where I can quietly have my coffee. And just, I'm not even on, like, sometimes I'll get right up and check and see, because I'm sure I've gotten emails. But then I just like to just sit and stare out my back window, because they have a bunch of just land out back, and just relax and just have my brain be sort of empty for a few minutes. Mm. So that's probably my best time. Yeah, yeah. So this, um, it's like the space before everyone else wakes up, this sort of liminal space where it's yes. like, hmm, like the day started for me, but no one else. And you kind of get to tiptoe around, like, you know, it's your mm-hmm. time. And, you know, uh, do you say, heard you say that driving, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things you can sing, you can 
listen to music or you can just be with yourself and mm-hmm. on autopilot on the road, just kind of like in the yep. zone. So beautiful. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about, cause you mentioned a few times that some of this stuff is in your book. Can you tell us a little bit about more about your book? Yeah. Yeah. So let's see a uh, confident introvert, a practical guide to connecting with others at networking events and beyond. So it's based on my experience hosting a thousand events, 2015 to 2020 in San Francisco, California. So, wow. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I just kind of got on a roll and, it, and this kind of loops back to the very beginning when I alluded to the fact that a lot of what I've come to devote myself to and find relative success in has been things that I struggled with at one point. So for me, connecting with people and feeling like a part of a community that was beyond myself. It wasn't something that I grew up experiencing. Right. So, so I really had the opportunity in a big way when I moved to San Francisco, you know, this big city to uh, create community for myself and other people. And I found that in creating community for other people, it was something that, you know, fed into itself. But certainly there were times where certain people that I connected, they became better friends with each other than me. And I encouraged that. Because one person can only be so present with so many people, (laughs) you know, like I I just, I came to really love and appreciate people who became long-term friends, people who became husband and wife, for example. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were, they were very real, tangible results from hosting all those events that were either for fun or networking. The book really, you know, I, I sat down in the winter of 2019, not <laughs> understanding what was about to happen around the yeah. time. Um, but yeah, I just kind of, at that time, uh, 2019, I was touring networking for introverts um, internationally. It, it was something that really took off at that time. And I think is now making a resurgence. It, it's once again, relevant because it, it was an opportunity for me to elaborate upon that one hour workshop and also take into account the frequently asked questions that my clients and people that attended my uh, webinars and in-person workshops were asking about connecting in person. Uh, but, you know, I have I have a sort of um, pyramid, so to speak, um, of and this isn't mentioned in Confident Introvert, but this will be in a forthcoming book. And I talk about it online already. But, you know, the baseline is feeling sense of calm. And, you know, there's a lot of talk these days in personal growth about the central nervous system. Uh, I am trained in subconscious modalities to really help people access a deeper level of calm so that your baseline is feeling safe. And then, right, it's so important. If you're not feeling safe, then how are you supposed to (laughs) public speak? How are you supposed to make friends, right? And then, you know, on top of that feeling of calm is a sense of confidence that you're able to really root into. And, um, and then on top of that is connection. When you feel confident, then you're able to actually connect with others from a place that's relaxed and happy and relatively present. And then from there is a level of impact and achieving something greater than yourself. Uh, because I mean, we've all heard this quote, but it's worth repeating that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So, you know, I am an advocate for. Um, you know, doing what you can to help further your own causes, but it, there's such power in finding like-minded, like-hearted people to really go the distance with. I was, gonna, I was pausing to let CFD some, because I think this is going to be a lot of great things for you to even read about because Deesa's doing the next two months, 
a bunch of networking events and she's getting, she's getting more and more comfortable with doing them. And I think this is going to be really helpful. Yeah. Oh, I'm great. I'm great at the, the intro, right? Like that's mm-hmm. was just my level. That's all surface stuff. <laughs> Perfect. But I do find it difficult to, um, either go deeper or, um, have the business talk, right? How can we work together? So that is yeah. my big challenge this year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I don't know if you want a reflection on that because that's <laughs> something that I've asked a lot about where it's like, okay, great. Like we said hi. And then it's like, okay, bye. Like nice to meet you. We'll talk again. You're like, well, that was nice. I guess I'm networking, you know, <laughs> but, and that's, that's how it can feel in the beginning. But then I know people who, you know, network without maintaining the connection. It's really like, huh, maybe you planted seeds, but it's important to maybe not water all the seeds, but intentionally, you know, be aware of where your seeds are planted and water the ones that, that you're able to water at that time. So, uh, so for example, I do view networking as being this synergistic experience where certainly there could be a fast turnaround where sometimes, you know, when you network enough, you'll meet someone and you'll just mention a goal that you have, uh, right. You'll say, Oh, you know, I really, it would be amazing if I could, um, give my workshop in Tokyo because I'm traveling there next month. And then they're like, Oh, I know someone who has a meetup, blah, blah, blah. You know, like that can mm-hmm. happen. So I wouldn't discount the power of speaking into existence. We ask this of everyone who comes yeah. on, but, um, what is your favorite way to stay organized? Hmm. Okay. One of my favorite ways to stay organized is to have a Calendly account and Google Calendar. So those are two tools. Um, you know, it's been so many years now that I've had this calendar tool that now I wouldn't even, I mean, unless you really have to, like someone for some reason cannot use Calendly. It's so nice to be like, oh yeah, we want to connect. Great. Here are all the open times on my calendar. Here you go. And then, I mean, Google Calendar is something that I use. Um, oh my gosh. Even if I'm meeting up with a friend on the weekend for coffee, I mean, I appreciate getting a calendar invite. I think, mm-hmm. oh, that's so nice because then, you know, although I do like to be tech free again, I definitely use my phone for <laughs> understanding where I'm going. <laughs> I don't have that part down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's so that it plays a huge role. Yeah. We use my, I put our dentist appointments, everything. My, I'll tag my husband in it. So he gets a ding that he knows that he's, otherwise he has no clue what he's doing half the time. <laughs> so. so tell us. All the ways that people, some of the ways at least people can work with you coming up and how people can reach out to you. Yes. Okay. So let's say if um, you're listening and you're thinking, huh, like I'd like to dive deeper and potentially work together, then you can go to Stephanie Toma, that's T-H-O-M-A dot com slash coaching to read more about client testimonials and uh, fill out a very short application. And uh, and I would also say uh, I have some free gifts. Uh, you can kind of scroll through. There's a free chapter of my book that you can gain access to. There's a free leadership power training. That's a, a mini 30 minute training that gives you three original sociological concepts to really upgrade your leadership. Um, that's at stephanietoma.com slash free gifts. And, uh, last but not least, Instagram. So many of us are, so many of us are on Instagram. I'm at stephanie m toma. 
Stephanie M. Toma. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a very engaging discussion. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this has been fun. Thank you for listening. For more information, join us at thepmagency.com.